Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. From Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Romance is the spice of life, as they say. It's also a key to the success of certain businesses that are built quite literally on hearts and flowers. Buzzy Harriman is a fourth-generation florist in Baton Rouge and the owner of Billy Harriman's Flowers, which has three stores in the area. The store was founded by his parents, Billy and Janet Harriman, in the 1950s, though the Harriman family has been in the floral business since the 1870s. Today, Buzzy and his wife, Susie, run their business, which is the largest florist in Louisiana. They now have the fifth generation of the family also working with them, their sons, Ben and Robert Harriman, and their nephew, Todd McBride. Buzzy, your name is ubiquitous in Baton Rouge. We look forward to hearing your story. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Season Vining is a romance writer who has published three steamy novels with a fourth on the way. Season's stories are page turners with heroes and heroines who have dark pasts and hidden secrets, but deep down, good hearts. She began writing poetry while she was still just a child growing up in Baton Rouge. Over the years as she matured, so did her writing. And today, in addition to being an author, she is a designer and the mother of a young toddler. Season, your story is really cool. We look forward to hearing more about it. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. All right, well, Buzzy, I want to start with you because I read a reference at the beginning to the hearts and flowers and romance. Do people still send flowers like they did back in the 50s when your parents opened Billy Harriman's? Uh, absolutely. Uh you know, growing up, I, I remember my dad still says it at age 94. He says, you know, we, we, we know things that, you know, before the recipients do, you know, <laughs> because we handle not just, you know, but all special occasions as well as just, just because occasions, you know. Sure. I, I mean, weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, get wells, you know, um, just just countless new babies all the time. Now, the Harriman name is so well-known in Baton Rouge, and your store is the biggest. Y'all have three locations. But there are other family members that also have other Harrimans. Does it get confusing? And and I know, like, I've always wanted to know, do y'all all all get along? Or was there a big schism somewhere back in the middle years of the 20th century? No. um, Actually, as as a family, the Harrimans are the oldest retailers in Baton Rouge. And wow. the, the Chamber of Commerce, probably 25 or 30 years ago, decided to start a century club if your business was 100 years old or more. Okay. And it was the Harrowmans, the Ballingers with Corn Myers, Klein Peter Farms, uh, the Advocate, the Manship family. Wow. Uh, there was only about six of us in there. And, and they did the research and determined that my great-grandfather... Uh, on the corner of uh, Main and Fourth, Caddy Corner from St. Joseph Cathedral, mm-hmm. he actually was the first retail. Place so it in was Baton your Rouge. your great grandfather yes. who started it. Yes. Well, I want to talk to you about about the flower business, but I want to bring season into the conversation because 
romance is central to what you do. I know flowers figure prominently in a lot of your novels when your heroes send them to your heroines. What, how, how does one become a romance writer? Oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, because I really didn't read a lot of romance before I started writing it. I, was, I read, I like to read horror. I like Dean Koontz, Dan Brown, and uh, Stephen King, things like that. And um, I, a friend got me into reading romance, and I was like, this is good, but, you know, I, I was looking for a certain kind of story, and I couldn't find it because a lot of them kind of geared toward my grandmother's romance. They're you know? older, like, right? The Harlequin set Exactly, kind of the bodice-ripping romances. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, younger kids are not into that. And so I was like, well, I'm going to try to write my own because I couldn't find what I was looking for. So I did, and I just kind of fell into it after that. I joined a local writing group here in Baton Rouge, and there are some really talented people there, and they help critique your stories, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Now, when you say snowballed, do you have a publisher, or do you self-publish them? Um, my, all of mine are traditionally published. So my first three, I got a three-book deal with St. Martin's Griffin, who is owned by Macmillan. God, that's and, great. Um, yeah, and I got my book deal through uh, attending a tiny little writers' conference in Houma, Louisiana, called Jambalaya Writers' Conference. In Houma. In Houma. That's a great. They story. flew in editors uh, from New York and agents from New York, and you got to pitch. and And I talked to the right person with the right story, and that's what happened. What are younger readers looking for? What and what are they, you able to give them? Well, what's funny is when I got my book deal, my uh, editor at St. Martin's told me, she's like, "This is great. This is this is a new genre called new adult." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't even know." New adult. Like I'd like never heard thing. of it. I didn't know that I was writing a new adult book, but okay. And so she told me, you know, like this is great. This is what's trending right now, and I had no idea. And so basically, what it is, new adult is a general term for people who are about college age, mm -hmm. so like 18 to mid-20s, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of romance, it kind of started, new adults started with romance, but it has branched out now, and there's lots of paranormal and all kind of things like that, and so they're looking for people who are struggling with everything you struggle with when you're in your 20s, you know, sure. like self-discovery and, and growing up and leaving home and things like that, and all of that on top of romance and adventure and things like that. How, how steamy do the books get? Pretty steamy. Pretty I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not erotica. Um, they're not erotica. They're okay. not Fifty Shades of anything, but um, they are steamy. They're romance, you know, yeah. and so people expect that. And of course, there are different levels of romance. You know, there sure. are people who fade to black for their, romant their romantic scenes, and there are people who are more descriptive. And so there's, there's so many different variations in romance. Yeah. And then how do you sell the books? Do you have to worry about that or the publisher takes care no, of that No, the for publisher you? takes care of all of that. My fourth book, the one that's coming out next, is with a different publisher. They're uh, more of an indie publisher. And uh, so the experience has been completely different than when I was with St. Martin's because they're one of the big six. You know, they're mm -hmm. a huge conglomerate. So um, the experience has been different, but still they do the marketing, they do the selling. And then you, and then they line you up with book tours and speaking. And they do not do that anymore. That is not something that they do unless you are Stephen King or someone like that that they, okay. they that makes them a ton of money. Gotcha. Um, you get an advance, and so you are meant to spend that advance to support yourself while you're writing, supposedly, or to uh, use that on marketing or to schedule your book signings and 
and buy marketing materials and promotional items, things like that. So interesting. Well, speaking of selling, Buzzy, tell me about the, the model you know, for your business and, and floral sales today. How, how are they doing and, and where does your product come from? You mentioned you're a greenhouse. Do you all grow most we, of what you we, sell or a part of it or how does it work? We, we do on the plant side of on our business. Um, and of course we do, we do blooming and green plants as well from, you know, from a little small thing on a table up to 30 foot, 40 foot palms that we put in uh, different malls around the state that we mm -hmm. service. Uh, you know, we have an interior escape side also in our plant okay. division. And so we built the, the first set of greenhouses we actually built back in the early 80s. Really? When the plant boom and hippies and all were real big. And, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, the people who used to grow quality for us, you know, they, they'd deliver the plants and they'd slide a flat of plants out and half of them would fall out of the soil because they weren't even rooted yet. Wow. And, and we are quality top of the chain service period into the question you know whatever we can find latest and greatest you mm -hmm. know and and by having our own greenhouses we we actually buy things from out of laboratories that have been crisscrossed gene pool etc so nice. they'll last longer and be better and you know all the type things that why they would do it and we do the same with flowers i mean we chase flowers literally all over the world if you walked in our cooler today or almost any time of year There'd be, uh, there'd be 12 to 16 countries in the front cooler. How often do they come in? Like you'll get shipments of three, exotic, three, beautiful? Three times a week. Really? Yeah. And then we, every now and then we got a hot shot FedEx something here or there, you know, mm -hmm. because somebody needs something maybe more, you know, something. All of a sudden somebody wants this lavish Hawaiian luau or something. You know, we keep tropicals, but maybe not enough to do that. Something you know, big like that. Tomorrow the next day. And so, you know, we do use FedEx. Um, now, what is but your... Mostly, mostly it's all come through refrigerated chains in the chain of life, flower okay. chain of life. What is your role in the company? Are you mostly administrative or do um, you actually work with the flowers hands-on or a little bit I, of everything? I, I do some of everything. Uh, obviously, as we've grown, I'm not in the workroom quite as much. I'm through there all the time. I'm always checking. Um, on holidays, I actually run the production center you know and and design with them and i do on any given day if in you know based on need yeah uh but as we've grown we've made uh uh Coles was our fifth acquisition now in five years that just wow. took place a few weeks ago right and that was the a interior escaping uh has given us some great growth and synergy to the flower mm -hmm. side mm -hmm. and we're working in about 22 or 23 parishes in the state now Fantastic. That's that's well, it's huge. Been great. Yeah. It's been great. Business yeah. is there. You just got to work hard. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of roles, season, you say on your blog that your material comes from studying other couples. How do you how do you study them? When you're out with them, or when you're just like in a room like this watching people interact? Oh, I'm a big people watcher. Mm -hmm. um, I love, like, I, I don't like to go shopping at the mall, but I like to go there and watch people. And that sounds a little creepy, I know, but <laughs> not in, not in that way. Um, yeah, I just, I like to watch people. I like to watch how they interact. I get a lot of um, dialogue in my books from things that I overhear from other people. I always have my phone out, and that's my, you know, taking notes. I'm always taking notes. If someone says something that's hilarious, you know, I'm, I'm not always going to, 
kind of rip them off and use exactly what they say, yeah. but it may inspire something else that I use later. And and especially because I am older than the people that I write about. You yeah. know, I'm not 20-something anymore. And so I hang out in coffee shops sometimes when I'm writing, and that there's tons of material there. Do you find it hard to put yourself in the mind of a man? I, I used to be an aspiring fiction writer when I was young, but I, I always found it hard to write like a man or, or a boy. I could know I've, how a woman thinks, or I yeah, think at least. Yeah, but I, I found know. it easier, actually. Um, it's funny because my first book is told in third person, so I'm kind of in everyone's he- head. And yeah. then my second book is Alternating Points of View. I was, um, I was reading that one the other hers day. Hers is one chapter and then he's second mm-hmm. chapter and so I actually found him easier to write and I don't know why um, I guess because he was kind of mysterious and he was kind of a damaged person yeah. I, I'm not sure why I connected with him but uh, most of the time romance is told from a woman's point of view anyway in first True. person and so that's easier um, to identify with of course with like all the things that you go through when you're young and in love you th- or you think you're in love and um so those things were easier as far as writing a woman, but for the man, I don't know, I just connected with him easily and, and wrote him easily. And in my book that's coming out next, um, it's all told from the girl's point of view, but at the end of every chapter there is a poem written by the male point, point of view. And so I wrote 28 poems, and because uh, that's how many chapters I have. Wow. And I didn't... I hadn't written poetry in quite a while, like since I was a teenager. And so getting back into that aspect of writing was so much fun and, and also terrifying because it's, that's a completely different beast than writing fiction. Sure. You sure. know, but it was fun. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to author Susan Vining and Buzzy Harriman of Billy Harriman's Flowers. So speaking of poems, Buzzy, that reminds me of the beautiful floral arrangements that, that you all sell that you would send for the occasions that you mentioned. Um, is it like a set template that, that you all created, or is it something like, and, and people can order them over, over the Internet, right? Yes. Uh, we we uh, made quite an investment a little over seven years ago in an Internet site that we felt put us on a plane with anybody in the country, including, okay. you know, the FTDs Like if I whatnot. typed in FTD and wanted yes, to send yes. flowers if you across compared, the country. If you compared their site to our site, you know, the visual and the presentation and the ease is just you know, is equal. And when we did that, we also built our own photo booth in the back production nice. room. So you uh, sh- and we had it specked out by a photographer. Yes, yes. And so, uh, unfortunately, I would tell you, as an industry in horticulture, the internet has not been kind. Not, you know, I don't, competition's fine from every angle, but a lot of the pictures are not, you know, a lot of them, they're not, not representative of they're what you get. They're not even made, right? You know, if you look at them, they're they're stems in the vase that are that are the same in every vase because they Photoshop and then they create the Photoshop. I've experienced one. that firsthand. Yes, yes. My fiance has ordered flowers for me, and I'm like super excited. Yeah. I don't know the difference, yeah. but when I bring them home, he's like, "That is not what I yeah. ordered." Yeah. That's there, such there's a There's a lot of in yeah. the industry we call them order gatherers, mm-hmm. and. Not being ugly or anything, it's just a different business model than I would ever have. Sure. And and all they want to do is capture the order. You know, like when your fiance went online and he decided, because mm-hmm. a lot of them put these huge sale banners and all of this, and and most of it is not really fair advertising. That's uh, such and a And so shame. it's created yeah. some some disappointment in consumers. 
and and that's what I dislike most about it. You know, I'd like right. everybody to enjoy flowers. We try so hard. I still buy all of our flowers myself. I have an assistant, but through what I call doctor buddies at Society of American Florists that do a lot of care and handling and studying things, they clue me into the best farms for certain varieties. And horticulture, you know, four or five years ago when there was all the talk about the gene pool and exciting and what they can do, well, horticulture's been in the gene pool for 30 years now. And Interesting. so I only buy, like yellow roses, for example, I buy something called high and exotic and I'll only buy them from three farms in Ecuador. Wow. Because they're the best there are. You know, it's the latest variety. Yeah. It's going to last the longest. It's the largest head. It opens beautifully. It'll last 10 days, two weeks in your home. Did you learn flowers just coming up in the business, or you have a degree in horticulture as well? I, 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 I took business at LSU, and I took their three or four or five horticulture courses. Okay. You know, as, so a as electives, it wouldn't count towards business. <laughs> and at the, the rest time, was growing up in I the did family both. business. Yes, yes, yes. Now, what about the, how has the internet affected your business season? I mean, I, I was able to read your blog online. I was able to read all about you online. Mm -hmm. I was even able to read some of your books online. Right. So it seems like it would be very critical, but does that help sales? Yes. Or does it cut into them? I mean, the. Um, to, to be traditionally published these days, you have to start with an agent. So you have to get an agent, and your agent then pitches your books to publishing houses. Mm -hmm. Most publishing houses, especially the big ones, do not take unsolicited manuscripts anymore. Sure, you could send them in, but they probably will never be seen. So it takes that agent having, knowing different editors in the field and, and knowing what editors are mm -hmm. looking for. You know, some are looking for a historical romance, some are looking for other things. So your agent does that for you and um, the first thing that my agent told me when I got her was you need to have a social media platform and you need to start working on that now I'm like but I don't have a book you know I'm just nobody and she said it doesn't matter like just start doing anything you know she's like if it's just friends and family you, you just need a platform you need to be on Twitter you need to be on Facebook you need a website so that was the first thing I did is went and bought seasonbinding.com and, and you know great. and it's grown and grown and I've changed it a million times and um, because I luckily am a graphic designer I am able to do that myself a lot of authors have to hire people to do that and hire people to create their promotional items and I get to create all that myself so that's lucky um, but yes being on the internet being on social media is very important unfortunately the internet also can hurt you because you can find my books for free somewhere right you know there are people right. who put pirated books up everywhere it, when when they're available in ebook people will pirate them and but, but could i go into a barnes and noble and get it actually on the shelf yes or would all the sales be online no no um my first three are in anywhere you can buy books yeah so independent booksellers barnes and noble um you know, a Books A Million here had them. Um, and then, of course, they're anywhere on Amazon. That's, that's, so so yeah. anywhere, yeah. No, that's lucky. Buzzy, what, what about you? Like, what percentage do you think of your sales come from the Internet today as compared to? It's, it's obviously it grows every, every day, every yeah. month, larger and larger. Um, as, as a total company, we're not the norm in the flower industry because we're so diversified you know we we keep so many different gifts besides the plants and then the interior escaping mm -hmm. so if you look at it as a 
total company is not as large. In the floral division, the internet might be up to uh, maybe 25% now. Really? And, but most of the sales are from local people, even if they order it by well, their desktop? Or? Not, the, the, I would say the majority are, but, but quite a few are from all over the country. And they just you know, find your website? They yeah, may they not even know your name. Where, you know, we're up high on the list. We do buy some clicks on the list like everybody. But, you know, we, you know, through a good reputation and good reviews and things, you continue to climb. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great tool. Like I said, we, you know, we, since we built a photo booth and it's more an actual, this is what you see is what you get. You yeah. know, and it's real rather than kind of So then if you, if you got an order from out of state to send flowers somewhere else out of state, do you all actually make the bouquet here in Baton Rouge and send it, or do you we, partner with a company we, in we, that receiving? We partner with another FTD shop. And they'll and, do it for you. And we have a list of all the shops in every town, but through, I mean, I've been at it for almost 48 years myself, I hate to admit and through all that time, uh, we've made so many good friends through conventions and committee meetings and, and sitting on boards and whatnot. And we star the people that we know. So you know quality, they'll do it like good. Do. They're not going to yes. do it like the bum yes. bouquet that yes. and that's arrangement where we send that season got. They're starred in the computer. So even if, even if somebody who is now trained and begins on the phone, they know they go to the stars that we have. Don't just pick somebody at random. And that's okay. important in any business, and like networking and, and learning to find other people in your business that you trust, that you know will do your quality work, and that can represent you. That's important. And networking, I would imagine, in your in your line of work, season is important. I yes. mean, because you refer to other authors like yourself, mm -hmm. and vice versa, mm -hmm. and you all ping each other and tag each yes, other and link to absolutely. each other. Absolutely, cross promotion. Yeah, it's important. Let's talk about family for a minute. Is your is your family supportive? Of what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my mom is who got me into reading when I was a kid. She still reads like crazy, probably four books at a time. That's and great. she's been doing that, she said, ever since she got pregnant when she was 18. <laughs> she has kept a log since she was 18 of every book that she re has read. Oh, that's and fantastic. And I, I think it's up to around 3,500 books at this I'm point. I'm sure. And uh, so she got me into reading, and that's eventually what got me into writing, you know. And uh, my dad is super proud. When I had my first book signing at Barnes & Noble here in Baton Rouge, they had, like, these big signs up in the store. And, you know, a lot of people showed up. And because, you know, I'm from here, um, we had about, I signed about 90-something books, and then they ran out. And so whoever didn't have a book was just out of luck that day. But um, it was a huge event, and it's really successful, and we were so excited but when I left, my dad took the sign from Barnes & Noble and made me sign it. And it's <laughs> hanging in his office at his house. It's so, great. But then on the other hand, um, about a month later, he told me, I read your book. And I was like, uh-oh. What? <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> and he was like, no, it was good. And I was like, okay, and can we never talk about this again? Thank you. <laughs> and don't read any more of them. Are you are you able to support yourself as an author, or is it a side I gig? I was for a while. Um, so I used to be a graphic designer at Lamar, and um, that's when I got my book deal. And with my first book deal, you know, it came out of nowhere. I sold this, this one book that I had written um, to this editor, and my editor is actually the one who got me my agent. And so the agent negotiated with her for two weeks, 
And then out of nowhere, she was like, they want a three book deal. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then they want to publish very quickly. They want to publish a book every six months or so. So that means I had to write a book in three months, which I worked on that first manuscript for like two years because I wasn't in a big rush and it was just kind of a side thing. So that kind of freaked me out. (laughs) Um, But because I had an agent and she was like crazy negotiating skills, I got a three book deal with a six figure advance. And um, so that was kind of unheard of for people, for an un, like first time author, mm-hmm. first time published. And um, so that advance allowed me to quit my job and write because there was no way I could have pumped out a book in three months if I if was you'd working, working. Sure. full time job. But since then, um, you know, I've decided like I didn't need all this off time and downtime. And I, I got really like, even though I'm kind of an introvert, I really like seeing people every day, especially other adults. When it was just me and the dog at the house, <laughs> you start having conversations with the animals and they don't talk back and you get kind of lonely. So um. yeah, I like having a day job again and it's fun. Well, good. What about family with you, Buzzy? Your family is, is integral to your business now. You're working with your sons and yes. your nephew. Yes, we're so blessed. Uh, and your wife. Yep. That's a yep. lot of togetherness time, yes. though. Yes, My wife is now cut back to two days each a week, other she says. Crazy. Well, my wife has been sharing an office with, uh, with me now. Uh, she raised the kids growing up and, and only worked on holidays. Okay. And she's, over the last year, she went to four days and three days. Now, the other day, I said, I didn't see you. She said, oh, I went to two days. You didn't know? I said, no, you didn't tell me. But she, she still, you know, she'll come three or four hours here and three or four hours there. Susie still it's perfect. She's got a good boss, huh? Yeah, pretty good, I'd say. <laughs> uh, she's responsible for probably 18 or 20 of the lines up front. Okay. You know, Vera Bradley, candles, body and bath, all of those type of things. And so she comes regularly still in order to get... You know, they'll take inventories and she places orders and reorders so we don't ever run out of anything. Well, Buzzy Harriman and Season Vining, thank you all so much for sharing your stories today and for doing your part to add a little romance to the world. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been romance novelist Season Vining and Buzzy Harriman of Billy Harriman's Flowers. You can find out more about Season Vining and Billy Harriman's by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our website, it's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for it's batonrouge.la and wrkf 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. 
Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, JonesWalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum.